It's Tia. It's been a Mississippi minute, but we bite, baby. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Ja. And yep, we back at it like a crack addict. It's your girl, Jiggy, a.k.a. Tanika. Listen, pull up on us. It's time to cut up, because we back. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Koji, and we're back. Pink Sunday Radio. Our special guest has joined us. And so I, I'm I'm so excited about this because she is the director of 104, Miss Tamara Davis, and she is a critically acclaimed director. Um, thank you so much for coming to the show, Miss Tamara Davis. We really do appreciate it. I have been looking over your work, and ma'am, I am just <laughs> I don't I don't think you understand how much of a hip-hop connoisseur I am. And when I saw Cha-Cha-Cha by MC Light. I know. I got to do that. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. I I was like, (laughs) not the iconic Mm Cha-Cha-Cha. Oh, my goodness. Right? So so welcome. Welcome Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. How are y'all? We're 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 great. We're great. So tell it, tell the audience like about yourself a little bit. Introduce yourself. Well, I mean, I'm so grateful to be here because I loved my time at the Pink. So I'm like, anytime I get an invitation to come to the Pink or anything associated with the Pink, I'm like, <laughs> count me in. I want to go. I'll go. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I don't know. I, I I'm a director. I started doing music videos, um, and then I did like a lot back in the day, you know, so it was like in the prime nineties, like whatever. And I had like some, I did like some kind of, uh, pop hip hop videos, like, um, tone Loke wild thing and bust a move and funky Cole Medina, Mm. like those kinds. But then I also got to work with NWA and I did, um, the DOC videos and I made a short film with NWA and I did a, man, um, yeah, I know. I did. I worked with those guys a lot. That was pretty crazy. Uh, I don't know. I, I did a. I did CB4, which was kind of mm-hmm. like a cult uh, classic. Cult mm-hmm. classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A parody of all the rap stuff that I'd been working on. Um, yeah, and I did. I did. So I did movies after I did videos, and I did. Um, I did Billy Madison, CB4, Half Baked, Crossroads, Best. I don't know. Just like. It's wow! Crazy. Like I made about at least ten features. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I just I wow. started to do TV, and I I've been so grateful and lucky with all the TV shows wow. that I've done. Yeah, just mm-hmm. I'm just like a great. I'm so grateful that I got the opportunities to work, and the people that I got to work with is just a lot of times mm-hmm. I do first time things. So yeah, my instinct and the people that I get excited to work with. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's very did impressive. You, <laughs> did you start at film school? Did you I start did. there? Yeah, I went to film school. I went to like a little college here called LA City College. It was free. Mm-hmm. It was like or fifty dollars a semester. So it wasn't wow. Yeah, fifty dollars. Yeah, a semester. Yeah, because I was like I was I didn't grow up with money, and I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I went to the local city college, and I think it was really a good experience because all the people that were there were also just like regular people. So when I made films. I could 
play them in front of just regular folks and see what worked. And I knew who my audience was. It wasn't just like a bunch of, I don't know, like at that time it was, you know, my other choices were USC and UCLA. And I was just like, those are just like a bunch of, sorry to say like white dudes. (laughs) I mean, it's true. (laughs) So I was like, I didn't belong there. I I just didn't have a voice there. So the community college was awesome for me. Mm -hmm. So I saw that you did a cooking show. I was on YouTube, like looking for your interviews and things. Is the cooking show something that you did in order to get comfortable in front of the camera or to kind of learn how to be a director? What was the motivation for that? You know, I so I had done a lot of music videos and features, and then I was in my mid to late 30s, and I wanted to have a baby, and I hadn't had a baby yet. And so, like, man, when you're a woman and you're, like, pushing to getting close to 40, it's like, oh, my God, I better, like, figure this out. So I took time off, and I had kids with my husband at the time. And I was like, I had two kids and I was kind of at home and I was trying to still define myself as a filmmaker. And I thought it was the early days of the internet. And I, um, I, I was like, well, I'm cooking a lot at home and I'm really into nutrition and I don't know, I have all these good recipes. So I made like, and I shot it all myself. So I did like this during the day, I would film myself and with my kids and I'd make these, um, like you know, whatever cooking shows. And then I would edit them at night and I would post them. And yeah, it was like super early days of the internet. So I was like, I had one of the first internet cooking shows and, and I wrote a cookbook and it became like, it was really popular, like millions of views back in the day. And I was on all the, it was just interesting, but it gave me a lot of experience in how to not only filming myself, which you can, if you ever watch it, you can see, like, I'm not one of those kind of people that's, like, on the camera being, like, hello, welcome, you know, I, I'm not, <laughs> so it's very observational, but it, it gave me all this, um, it showed me how to film and how to just, like, get your camera out, set it up, make your shots, so, like, real filmmaker, girl filmmaker mm-hmm. skill, um, and from that, when I tried to get back into filmmaking, which is really big. Like after having kids, like you basically have to reinvent yourself and try to get back in. And so I had happened to have all this footage that I shot years ago of an artist that was my best friend at the time, this guy named Jean-Michel Basquiat. It's like a painter who Mm -hmm. amazing, like, you know, culturally like the best person ever. And so I'd made this documentary with him, but then when he died, I like kind of put it in my closet. And so at this time I thought, man, if I just like, take that footage out of my closet and just make a documentary. I, I had the confidence that I could just film it myself. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So then I did a documentary and that kind of helped get me back into filmmaking again and get it, get my name out there and stuff like that. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you started out with music videos, then you went to film, then television. Did you just happen into music videos or was that like a plan because it was maybe a little easier to break into at the time than film and television? Yeah. You know, when I got out of film school, I had, I had like a lot of confidence. So, you know, I had like super confidence, but basically I was just like 23 years old or 24 years old. And at the time, this is like 35 years ago or more, um, I was basically like laughed at, like nobody was looking for a 24 year old girl director. Like it was just like, they thought I was ridiculous and it was kind of sad. And, but I had on that 
this like I had my whole like, you know, whatever, my whole proposal. And I was like, my script, this is like, and these are the bands that I want on my soundtrack. And um, I had made a music video for one of those bands because it was kind of an unknown band. And I got called in from a record company and they were like, hey, what's up with this video? Um, and I thought I was in trouble. And then instead they said, can we give you money? We want you to make a video for this band to look exactly like that. And I had I'd been shooting in Super 8 because of my film school. So it had this like really that handheld, shaky camera, grainy style. But mm-hmm. in the music video world, nobody had seen anything like that. So I had a new style. And um, yeah, and I, I was able to break into the music video world as a young woman at that age because I had a cool look, you know, and um and that look now, of course, every, you know, at the time, though, nobody wanted their films or videos to look like home movies. It was like, don't, make, you know, mm-hmm. and I came in like kind of handheld, edgy, like it punk rockish kind of style. And um, and then it became like a big style and a big look. And so I was able to use that and start to um, get a job and get accepted into a world that definitely was not open at the time to um, young women. Okay. So like a combination of both. You happened into it, but then saw it was like exactly. I, I didn't do it only by default because I was basically, yeah, definitely shut out because of being who I was in the filmmaking world. And so in music videos was kind of still pretty new, you know, like yeah, there were mm-hmm. the main dudes that did the big rock videos, but you know, there were all these like bands that nobody had ever heard of, but they needed videos, you know, and so I was able to kind of come in there and work and do all these videos for bands that I loved. And that's how things like, you know, MC Light and mm-hmm. man, I did so many. Um, like I have to look because I th- I did 150. So sometimes I'll look back and be like, oh, my God, I don't even remember that. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. bad. like, I yeah, it was like, I'm sure that's a crazy feeling. Like, I did that. Really oh, crazy. yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you totally don't remember. You're like, oh, yeah. my God. Like, just a vague memory comes back. You're like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because when I saw you did From a Distance, Bette oh. Midler, right? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I know really varied. Like I got to do an Etta James video or Lou Reed. Oh or my Blair. God. Like I did like big, huge videos and also like super cool little videos. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I, it was really yeah. at the best time. And I kind of liked that I wasn't boxed into doing one style and I really tried so hard to do different styles so that I mm-hmm. didn't like well she only does rap videos or she only does like mm-hmm. yeah. videos. I really tried to do different things because I listen to different music myself the only thing that was required is I really it's just the way I work I I seriously have to love the job I can, I found with myself I can't do a job unless I really love like the people mm-hmm. and okay know, like co- collaborate with yeah it has to be it's authentic it's true love you know yeah I love that yeah so is of the the things that you've directed, the music videos, the television shows, and the movies, is there any one that you prefer? If you could only ever do one again, is there one no, that you would pick? There's in honesty, there's no difference. Like okay. my job is kind of the same. It doesn't matter what, mm. what it is. You know, mm. when I go to work, you know, that's that's my position, but my job is 
you know, to really get the best performance out of the artist. It could be, a, you know, whether it's a right. whoever that is, there's always a talent, you know, so it's really my connection to the talent and making sure they feel comfortable and give their best performance. Mm -hmm. And also my ability to work with the crew and figure out like what their strengths are and how to talk with those people and how to, um, you know, move the set along and, you know, have a good schedule and a good plan. So it's, it's honestly always, it's kind of this, it's the same thing. And it also doesn't even matter sometimes how much money you have. Like sometimes I have a lot of money and sometimes I don't have a lot of money, but you don't go into it thinking like, woohoo, now let's have, you know, milkshakes at lunch or something. Like it's just, it's, <laughs> it's the same. it doesn't matter um, how hard it, you know, mm -hmm. it is. yeah. You've been pretty lucky to not even be holding in film because like your first film was Gun Crazy and then you went from Gun Crazy to CP4. And right. I was like, um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so as different as those are, what did those two, like as different as they were, what did you learn kind of equally from both of them being they were so close together? You know, they were so different. Gun Crazy was an indie movie. It was my first movie. I agreed to, you know, we, I made it in 23 days. Um, it starred a young Drew Barrymore. It was like, she was just kind of getting accepted back into the world again. Mm -hmm. Like at the time people really kind yep. of were like, whatever. She was like the Lindsay Lohan or whatever. She was like a bad girl at the time, but mm -hmm. she came and talked to me and I believed in her. And I was like, I want to, you know, I want to work with you. So Gun Crazy was like a real labor of love. And I shot it with my longtime DP, Lisa Rinsler. And just, it was like, yeah, it was like a indie film. And I got like a huge, it was on film festivals and indie circuit and really critically accepted. See, before it was, I, um, that it was, I had a, a relationship with Chris and Nelson George. I directed a couple of things for Chris Rock. I directed a PSA for him and a music video for him. And so Chris and I got along really well. And I knew Nelson George. Um, and uh, they brought me in on that. And that was a, that was like a film at Universal originally. And even though it got distributed through Universal, we kind of made it like not through the studio. So it was kind of indie made, but distributed through Universal. And like, you know, that was like totally different. Like maybe the budget, I don't even know what the budget was. It was probably still under 10 million, but that was like quite different than Gun Crazy. But it was similar to all the stuff that I've done because it was, you know, it was like a mock documentary style and it, it was a lot of musical performances. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I knew how to stage those musical performances. I knew how to do comedy in a sense because... I don't know. I kind of grew up with comedy. My grandfather was a comedy writer. So I had like comedy skills and just, I don't know. I, I, Chris and I got along so well. We just, I don't know. I just, we had, we just had a lot of fun making that. So it was very different though. So it was, you know, it was, I guess it was longer shoots, way more crew, um, way more cast and yeah, complicated, but still every day you had to still make the best of your day mm -hmm. and, make sure yep. everybody's happy. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. But I so love how did you get over to Katori and P Valley? Uh, I mean, you know, honestly for, with Katori's, I, I got the scripts. They sent, um, 
I was doing episodic, a lot of episodic television. I'll do pilots, but I was really kind of focused on um, episodic television because I had my kids were at this time like teenagers. So I still didn't want to do a feature. I was like, man, doing a feature just takes way too much time out of my schedule for these kids. So um, episodic is faster for like a female. You could like be in and out of a show or a job in like two to three weeks. So you can do a job and then you can go back to being a mom. So, yeah, but these are choices that I love to have as a woman. You know, I don't want anybody mm-hmm. to determine those choices for me. Like, mm-hmm. if I want to work all the time. That should be my choice. If I don't want to work all the time, that should be my choice. If I want to have a baby, that should be my choice. If I don't want to have a baby, that should be my okay. Choice. Exactly. Choice. Your choice. My choice. Yeah. So you know, for my choice as a working mom, I wanted to work and then not work, work, not work, so that when I didn't work, I would just be full time mom, and I really enjoyed that kind of schedule. So on, um, so I would get scripts in, and I read the script for her pilot, and she was an unknown. You know, it was just Katori Hall, P- Pussy Valley. It said. And I read it and I was like, oh, my God, who is this writer? And, you know, Katori Hall just, you know, nothing had been made. Nobody had shot any. It was like unknown. And I looked her up and I was like, whoa, she's legit. Like, she's a legit playwright. She Mm -hmm. has like, you know, because I just was at first blown away by the writing. That's all you can go by as a director at that stage. So I read it and I was like. I would do anything to work with this woman. Like she's brilliant. So I would, I just, I said to my agents, I was like, I want to do this. I, you know, I don't care that she's never done a show before that she's never, you know, nothing. I was like, whoever this woman is, she's brilliant and a genius and I want to be part of it. And so um, I was so grateful that I did an interview with her and, she asked me like a billion questions, which I love. <laughs> you know, she was trying to learn the whole thing herself, which was really awesome. You know, so she didn't come on and be like, even though I don't know anything, I'm going to act like I know everything and like whatever, which I've seen people do. Instead, mm-hmm. she came on and she just wanted to ask a million questions and really, you know, try to figure out the process. And um, one of the things that I love to do is I really try to help young filmmakers or older filmmakers too, but I really try to help, um, especially women out, you know, in my job, because I have such experience. Um, it's, uh, you, it's really helpful to have somebody else to be there to like ask about or have mm-hmm. a question, mentor or help or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm kind of a woman that like, if you have a question, I will help you out as much as I can. It's really important to me to see us succeed. Mm-hmm. And, so I just, I loved working with Katori. I, I got the job and I just, I had the best time. Um, yeah, just to be able to be close with her and um, follow her process and and see how, um, it, and it was super early on because by the time I got up there, they had shot the pilot, but they were still working on it. They were still editing it and they had shot two episodes. The third one was shooting while I came up there and I was on the force. So it was like, it was really early on and mm-hmm. while they were trying to establish the show and the look and what the show was. And mm-hmm. uh, it was really fantastic to be early on in that procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, since you came into it so early, like, could you tell from being on set or just reading the script and being around it that it would kind of become kind of a 
culture shifting, must-see TV kind of thing that is starting to become now? You know, um, it's interesting because when, I mean, I felt that when I read it, because I was like, there's nothing like this and there mm -hmm. needs to be something like this because I know that audience exists. I had done this show. I don't know if any of you guys had ever seen it, but I was the I was the producer director on it. So I did four years on this show called Single Lady Ladies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was there. an episode or two, <laughs> or all of them. Yeah, this, I was there. I was there for that show. But you know, the audience loved that show, and you know, it was it really. It, it was, you know, it was, I saw that there's an audience there and a lot of networks and they weren't making shows for this audience. And it really upset me because it, there really is a huge audience there. And it was nice to be able to make a show that speaks to that audience in their voice with people that they can identify with and, you know, kind of a show that focused on women, but also in, you know, in the South and really also shows the combination of your, their worlds and how music combines in their worlds as well, music and fashion and whatever. And the camaraderie of the girls was really interesting to me. So, so I had like history from that, which I loved. And so, you know, when I came on the show, um, I, you know, I have to say like, it was a little bit I think they were struggling a bit because it was a really complicated show. It was really challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, it was not only all the, you know, the, the look that they were creating, um, but all the different actors, all the different experience of the actors. And um, yeah, it was just what, and the schedule was crazy. So anybody that had never worked on television before, mm -hmm. like it was beast. It was really, really yeah. hard. And um and I knew, you know, so I don't know. So when I came on, I could see that the crew, they were, they were behind and they were kind of struggling. And I think they had a couple of directors before me that didn't um, fulfill Katori's vision or, you know, work with the crew the way that I thought that, it, you know, whatever, the way, treat the crew the way they should be treated or whatever. And so when I came on, part of what I love to do is just observe and sit back and listen and listen to Katori and listen to the crew and try to figure out what, what could, I could bring, what could they need that um, I could also help with. So I think that that was, that was a big part of it. And um, yeah, so I think that to me, even though like the moment you walk, what I also talk about a lot, the moment I walked into Katori's office the first time she, her vision for the show was so clear. Her entire office was plastered with images that is exactly what the show looks like now. So she had such wow. a clear vision of exactly what she wanted the show to look like the details, the close-ups, the colors, the look that it was like, she her vision was really clear so i so it wasn't like oh this woman doesn't know what she's doing she really knew what she wanted and so it was it was more about trying to make sure she got what she wanted and that feel and that look and that and to do it in the schedule which was the challenge and so um i don't know so i think like that was that to me was the real exciting part and my episode was so fun, but it was complicated. You know, I had huge musical numbers and I had fight sequences and I had like, mm -hmm. this was a really big episode. And I was like, huge. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. And we completed on time and we even shot stuff for other episodes. We just had the best time. And um, 
yeah, they, and it was also something that I was able to come on and show everybody that the crew, the crew was great. It wasn't like, oh, you don't have a good crew. The crew knew exactly what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's the vision and the director and the, the collaboration with Katori. Mm-hmm. And, and like by the end of my episode, yeah, they were right on schedule and we did a great job and the episode turned out great. And it, it's really helpful to Bert and it gives the crew also a lot of confidence to feel like, oh, you know, we, we do know what we're doing. You know, we, we are professionals. We can get the job done in the time that we need. We just need, needed somebody in there that had a really clear vision. Mm-hmm. So um, were there people in your immediate circles that were maybe telling you not to do it because this is someone that's never done television before? This is a crew maybe that's never worked before. Were there people telling you, I don't know if I would take that chance? No, I mean, I'm so grateful that I, a while ago, I left all the big agencies. Like, I'm like, I don't want to be at UTA or CAA or any of those. Mm -hmm. I have like different weird ways that I like to work. I don't like somebody to tell me something like that. If I like it, I want a crew and a team around me that um, supports that because I do weird things. I'll do different kinds of jobs. (laughs) If I get inspired, I'm like, oh my God, I want to work with this person. Um, yeah, so I were I am with an agency called Verve, and they if I like something, they'll one hundred percent support it. So okay. that was that was so it's really more my risk, you know, of like, oh, do you want to go on a set that's this complicated and um, work with somebody that's never done this before? One one thing that she had on her set that was I I knew her production designer. I worked with him before. That guy Jeffrey. And um, yeah, Jeffrey Pratt Gordon mm-hmm. and I worked together and I love him. And I just was like, oh, I know that my sets are going to if you go on that show, like Jeffrey is going to like turn it up on those sets. Like he's he did the wire, you know, like he knows how to go deep and really textured. Oh, OK. And, um, yeah. So I got to work with him. And uh, I think I, I think I worked with him on Single Ladies. That's how I knew him. I'm trying to think of what other jobs I worked with him on. But I saw his name on the crew list, and I was like, yes. And I also knew Richard, the DP. And on my episode, I was oh my like, god, so good, so amazing. Yeah, well, Richard is just absolutely amazing. Oh, his vision, the colors with him, the colors, and and Richard and I just like got along like this, and we were we knew that we could do it. We were just like, we got this. And yeah. So, yeah. So I think like, I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't have anybody say like, Oh, don't do it. It was more like, yeah, this is, this is cool. It's like a little show. It wasn't like, Oh, this is a big prestige thing. It was more like, I'm sure this sounds cool. You know, mm-hmm. this is an interesting writer. If you're interested, we would love you. Yeah. So I didn't. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. absolutely love yeah. that. I love that. Okay. Yeah. All righty. So, so the talk on Twitter for me, like last night we rewatched the episode and I go through tweets and look at what people are saying about the episode. And the talk very much about this episode was the directing and the photography. Oh, so like, um, how do, how do you and the DP come to like, make it look like something like we've never seen, like some of the visuals of this episode, I'm not sure I've seen anything that looked like that on television before. I watched mm-hmm. this episode. How do you get there? What is the relationship and the communication like between the two of you to get to that? 
I, you know, you know, obviously here's where it started is it started with me really listening to Katori because that's that vision is hers. Like those images come from Katori. Like I looked at her wall. I listened to her vision and um, and, you know, what an incredible set and the locations and the actors. So, you know, I and I, I don't know, I just for myself, like if I can push the imagery, if you let me do that, they they let me as well. So I got to really come up with like beautiful, like, you know, like widen it out, bring a scope, like really, you know, see this, see how this world looks. And also just, you know, it, it's really random, but right before I did this, sometimes I like working with contrasts. When you see contrast, it helps you define the differences. And so, um, and really lean into what is unique and different about something, especially if you see the contrast. Like sometimes you don't know what black is unless you've been white or, you know, where white is. You know, what's the, you know, you can't see nature unless you've been inside a white room. You know, it's like, where, how do you see the contrast of stuff? And um, and right before the show, I had directed the pilot and the first three episodes of High School Musical, the series, mm -hmm. which is like the most opposite show you could probably direct, you know? Yeah. I was you like, got a habit of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the position and show. Yeah, it was like I was watching like little kids singing and dancing and stuff and like super cute, clean cut, you know. Um, and so I went from that to flying from Ute, Salt Lake City, Utah to Atlanta and then arriving on the set at Pea Valley. And I was in shock. I was like, oh, my God. First of all, I couldn't see a thing. I walked in there. It was like so dark. My eyes were like, I could you, I couldn't see a thing. I was like, what is going on in here? Like, I can't see anything. That's so dark. No, and like, even to watch the show, you have to be in a it's dark, dark room. It's dark. Mm -hmm. It's dark. Thing. My eyes have to adjust. My eyes have to adjust. And then everybody started speaking. And I was like, what are they saying? I couldn't understand a word anybody was saying. I was like, I had to look at the script because I was like, and I felt like I was listening to Shakespeare because when you do a Shakespeare, whenever you like watch a Shakespeare play or like go to Shakespeare, mm -hmm. you don't understand anything for like the first like five, 10 mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. what are, they're speaking in another language. I don't get it. And then after a while, your ear starts to adjust and you start to hear mm -hmm. the words and you get it. But at first I was like, oh my God, I can't say anything. I can't hear. I was like, I am... And but I think in in that in that contrast of dipping into that world and seeing like a totally different world, like I I have a photo of myself like just standing in a hallway, and Mercedes um, is walking away from me, and it's just her ass in the hallway. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just her ass. I was like, that's it. Like this is. The show is like that. Mm -hmm. And so like, even in the show, I got to do that great shot of her ass. And I was like, I want, I know that ass. Like that is the <laughs> ass I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> and you realize that that's important, you know, like that yeah, is very, very important. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So and embracing that and understanding that, I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Like I have to say, like it, it takes it took me back to the ladies that um yeah, that I had that there was a moment with um okay, wait, wait, I gotta get my single it's who is it? It's a uh, Keisha, okay, but her real Lisa Ray. Okay. Lisa Ray, yeah, I was fixing it. yeah, Lisa Ray. Lisa Ray, mm-hmm. who back before this show was mm-hmm. legendary for having like the best asses in the world. Like she mm-hmm. was she had a pair of, she had jeans, she was like Mm-hmm. Every picture I saw of Lisa Ray was like this incredible shot of her butt. And then there was a time I was shooting a, a sex scene with her, like a love making scene in the show. And usually you have to like, it's only me usually in a room and I have to like crouch mm-hmm. behind her or whatever. And there was like one time I had to come around to get to my room and I had to open a door and I opened the door and she's like on the bed, hands and knees. And, uh, you know, and she looks back over her shoulder at me. And so I had the view that a guy would get. And I was like, oh my God, I get it. I get it. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I was like, light bulb moment. I was like, oh yeah. This is Oh my god. Oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god. And I back into my little corner, like behind where you know to direct. And I was like, I get it. I get it. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, okay. On listen, Tamara, on that note, because her ass, I think we'll yeah. take a I think we'll take a little pause. Yeah, for a little sponsor. Okay, good. Hey, Pink Posse, make sure you're tapping into Pink Sunday Radio every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern, live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Follow us on all of our platforms so you never miss an episode. Yay. Oh, my goodness. That was so hilarious. Um, Okay, so, John, you wanted to ask a question. I feel like I want to ask my question a little bit later because we're having, we just got to that good fun part. <laughs> just fun. You know what? I got, wait. No, I just thought of it. Okay. Because okay, I got okay. a serious question that was going to get us down into some serious stuff. But let me come mm. back to this. So I was like to say, what was your favorite moment to work on in 104? Like, did you have, was this something that was just, you know, she had so many amazing moments that were so juicy in there for me. But I have to say that there were two big moments that really mean meant a lot to me. One was the incredible sequence of Mississippi dancing, like creating that sequence, because I think it was one of the big dance moments in the show that really, like, you know, kind of showed the athleticism, the art, mm-hmm. her view, what she felt you know, from her perspective um, and creating that dance sequence, which involved four performers, you know, it wasn't just, you know, really complicated. So I had to really work that at like an action sequence out because there's, you know, there's her, there's her double, there's her, you know, there's the stunt woman and then there's a dance, you know, so there's like, it was complicated. Yeah. So there's different people playing, you know, but Mm. it all obviously looks like her. So that, putting that together was really complicated and beautiful. And I was really proud with how it came out. Mm-hmm. And my other most favorite moment has to be um, 
what's Alphonse? What's his name in the oh show? Oh my God, Murder. Little Murder. Oh my God, Little Murder and his performance, and especially his performance out on the street was just, just he killed me. Like mm-hmm. his yeah. acting, like I just, I just lost it. I was like, dude, you are such a talented actor. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're one of the most incredible actors I've ever worked with. Like he went deep and I know it was, it was interesting because it was an early episode and I, you know, and I know with him that he was playing a gay man and he wasn't gay. And so it was really um, like, he had to be, he had to really trust myself and Katori and, you know, to really go there. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I just thought his performance was insane Mm -hmm. and, like, so that his, to be able to work with him and get that performance mm-hmm. in those early days from him where he mm-hmm. had to break through and be mm-hmm. okay with playing that character mm-hmm. to the authenticity that he brought mm-hmm. to it and, mm-hmm. um, and, and understand that he was doing something that was really hard for him yeah. and, um, and, and, and try to make it make it make him feel that where he was going was incredible because he's an incredible actor and really professional that was also huge for me I think that was that's kind of like sort of a segue into my question like Mm -hmm. with the director's treatment of an episode do you take each cam I mean each character and break down their treatment. You talk about Alphonse and the character yeah. of Murda, and you yeah. knew where that storyline was it's going. Cool. Like, yeah. how do you break down his that m- m- monumental scene? Yeah. I mean, because like you said, you know he's not in, in real life, but you know where you have to go. Like, how yeah. is what treatment plan do you have? You know, it's it, it all in all honesty, because when you're working on a TV show, everything is all broken up. It's not like, oh, you mm-hmm. shoot it in sequence. So mm-hmm. you, I, right. I don't remember when we shot things, but I mean, I'm hoping we didn't shoot their sex scene before we shot some of those other scenes. But right. like, you, you, it might have been all mixed up. So you really have to open it up and mm-hmm. you know, be able to go different places like in the afternoon you'd be like oh in the morning we shot this but in the afternoon we're going here right (laughs) yeah it's it's really challenging and you know I think like for me I really try to do as much preparation as possible on the technical side Mm -hmm. as far as like where I put my camera because that determines how the lighting works and how Richard does the lighting and mm. what angles I'm going to shoot and things like that. So I really try to get all of that is taken care of before the day that we're shooting. So, mm. you know, like knowing that we're going to track with him up that line where he's acting really gangster style, where he has that, like his bravado with his guys, like, you know, how he feels that character part of him, you know, and, and knowing that, you know, that when he sees uncle Clifford at the, at the door, how to play that, those moments, you know, like every one of those moments, you mm-hmm. have opportunities to know where a character is, but mm-hmm. what the underlying things are. And, um, and when you get to work with professionals, they really like that you're aware of that and you're aware right. of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that was actually the first time we did that thing. You know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was the it first was. time. 
my god! And I was like, "What's that? What's that? What's that?" You know, so but making sure he knows that he could do weird things like that, not weird, but little things like that. that yeah, character and make him who he is, and and be like, "Yeah, what was that? That was crazy. I don't know what that is. What does that mean? Like, that's so cool. Do that again. Like, what is that? You know, like." Yeah. I notice that. I see you. I see mm-hmm. that you did yeah. something that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's unique. Let's do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, yep. that he, see, he feels heard. He feels seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, she, knows that. she knows that nobody else does that. That's me. So, mm-hmm. you know, doing all those little moments and get him to that place. So I feel like when you work with an actor that that does that, you can really play with Play with them. It's like having an athlete, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, okay, we're gonna try this step, you know, or we're gonna try this move, you know. And and when they're really good at what they do, they'll they'll do those steps with you. And um, you know, you have to be a good teacher to get them to go there, and they have to really mm-hmm. trust you. And if you can do that, um, you can take them to those places. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I th- I just was really grateful and. I, I think also Katori, because it was early on, she was there a lot with me in some of those sensitive scenes or she would pop in and, you know, give me the thumbs up and be like, okay, where I want to, that's what I want to do. But, you know, she was also really busy in the edit room a lot of times, but um, yeah, yeah, she, it, th- those were awesome. And also, you know, Uncle Clifford, you know, he was so good and also so professional and yeah. he had such history with Katori as well with yeah. all the plays yeah. and work that mm-hmm. they did together. So I felt like it felt like a safe environment, you know, with mm-hmm. Richard and I and, you know, like I feel like it was safe. And we, mm-hmm. we yeah. also, all the crew goes away when we do things like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's really important to make sure that you, um, yeah, you feel like you feel safe. It's really mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, Tamara, we have some interview questions. Oh, a couple. <laughs> yeah, a couple because, you know, Pink Posse yeah. loves, loves when we bring on guests. So they definitely want to uh, give a little their opinions. So I think we'll have the first one. Hi, Tamara. My question is concerning the mm-hmm. writer's strike and the DGA negotiations. Uh, there's rumors that the DGA could cut a sweetheart deal. If they were to do that, do you feel that that could undercut the WGA or possibly cause friction between the two unions? So interesting. You know, um, I feel like the, the, the things that the directors want are, that's kind of their own thing, you know, and I don't, I think I think that where the directors and I'm not part of the negotiations or anything so I don't okay. really know but mm-hmm. the only thing I heard is they really want to let the writers go first and make sure the writers are getting all the things that they want or like make sure the writers are getting their demands met um, but I do know that the directors have been negotiating with the producers and um, you know and there's certain things that they're trying to get and you know and but I, I really don't feel like it's, it's a, I think it's different stuff. I think like they're trying to get another day for a one hour, which on this show, that would have been so helpful because, right. You know, also because Tori really, I have no, you know, uh, 
first season, I think she did second season, she wanted to hire only women, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. But in hiring only women, she got a lot of women that didn't have a lot of experience, which was really challenging. Mm -hmm. And so to do that kind of a schedule um, would have really Mm -hmm. helped a lot of these young women out or women that didn't have that amount of experience, um, giving them an extra day would have been really helpful. Because the thing is, is it's, it is a job that you experience really, really helps. And unless we get these women and these diverse women and diverse people in front of the, you know, in these positions, mm-hmm. that experience. And mm-hmm. once they get that experience, if we put them in situations that make it almost impossible, they're not going to work again. And so yeah. to me, yeah. that's really important. And that's something mm-hmm. that I you know, think is really important for, um, cre- you know, making sure that there's this new group of people that kind of come up after all the what's happened. In the past. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because this morning it came out that Directors Guild reaches tentative deal with studios and streamers. So and we got that question yesterday and then this right. happened today. Yeah. So it's like, that's crazy. So thank yeah. you so much for adding your um, sense yeah. on that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably where my question was going. You know, I think <laughs> oh, okay. some of it's similar. I think, in, you know, in all honesty, I know that in the beginning, we all made these DGA and WA deals, where, and the streamers were like, oh, we're just like these little side things. Like, we're mm-hmm. just, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and all the money, if you did a network show, like, that's where the money came from. And, um, you know, and that's why a lot of directors really just tried to only do network um, shows because you would get so much more pay, but um, putting more pay into the streamers is going to really help out because obviously they're making a ton of money, but it also puts more, it puts more talent into kind of more mm-hmm. shows. And I think that I that's agree. really important. I agree. So we have another question by Pink Posse member, George. See, this is George. A uh, question for director Davis. The scene with uncle Clifford and Little Murder is so realistic and so intimate. How in the world was that even blocked? Was it rehearsed? Was it scripted as shot? Was it made up along the way? It was so realistic, especially the scene with the spit. What was it like to film and to create that scene? And how long did it actually take? Thank you. Um, that was a really intense scene. It was, that was a really, it's, you know, anytime you're doing a love scene or, you know, these kinds of intimacy scenes, um, you know, they're really, it's, you know, they're, it's really important for me that the people involved feel very heard and safe. Mm-hmm. I, in shows like Single Ladies, or I did another show called Hit the Floor. And like, I did a lot of shows where, and I did a show called Star. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I got to work a lot of times with young women and, and they, and doing love scenes with these young women, I wanted them to feel that there was a voice behind the camera that supported them, protected them. Mm-hmm. And they felt ever weird or anything, they could always come to me. Mm-hmm. So um, I learned a lot from that. And I really wanted to make sure that Alphonse Little Murder felt safe in that scene. Mm-hmm. Because the 
awkward scene for him. And, um, and I wanted to make sure he felt safe down to like, there was, I remember I took it from an episode of star mm -hmm. girls. She was doing a, a love scene in there and she came privately to me and she was like, you know, um, Tamara, when he's on top of me, could you please tell him to wear a cup because I can feel his junk hitting against me in this scene. And it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Oh, okay. I was like, thank you for telling me that. And I, I took the wardrobe person and, you know, made, nobody knew what was going on. The dude mm -hmm. in the back, he put a cup on, he went back to the scene and shot it. And she felt heard. She felt protected. Mm -hmm. had a voice there. And so I made sure that uncle Clifford had a, a cup on to make sure that, you know, and also a little murder, you know, I made sure they felt that they had protection on. So they, so that they felt comfortable with that. The other thing was in blocking that scene, I block love scenes. It's all blocked beforehand, like a dance. So I right. had all of that worked out. I knew I wanted that jukebox scene because I knew the lighting there would be freaking amazing, you know, yes. like really cool looking. So I was like, oh, that looks really good. The spit came from Alphonse, Little Murder. He that was from him. He he had that idea. He's like, what can I spit on? Like spit down like that? I was like, hell yeah! I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah. So he came up with that. So you know, it's like, and that's when you know, like when they can add things that they feel comfortable with. Like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. came up with Probably the research to rip. The fishnets. He's like, no, you're not going to put them. to rip them. And I was you like, you better work out. Oh, he knows why we love him. Alphonse was cool with that. I was like, are you okay with that? Are you okay doing that? Is that going to mm -hmm. be okay? You know what I'm saying? So yep. each of those yeah. moments are discussed, talked about, mm -hmm. listened to. I love heard. that. Yeah. And so that both of those performers felt heard, listened to, contribute. Like if you're, it's like, like, you know, I, I compare it a lot to dancing. Cause it's like, if, if you're working with a professional dancer and you tell them a step and they're like, Hey, what if I add this? Mm -hmm. like, yes. That, and then it becomes, it starts to get more real and real because yes. you yep. give them the general idea and mm -hmm. then start to fill it in with things that make it like, feel good to them. And you're, and I'm open and listening. I'm not saying this is exactly what you do. This is a general idea. I feel like mm -hmm. you guys go here and then uh, take it over here to the desk. Cause I got a camera set up here and I want this angle and this angle, and this will be lower than the frame. So I won't know really what's going on. Mm -hmm. All that is prearranged and designed and wow. it's, it's not, Hey, let's go in the room and see what happens. It was like, <laughs> right. you know, blocked yeah. out. But I, I still, I probably only had like, I don't know, maybe three hours to shoot that scene. Like it was not, it was fast, you know, and I'm shooting different. Every time you shoot in a direction, it's like an hour. Because, you know, all the cameras mm -hmm. and all that, yeah. you yeah. turn the set, you rebuild wow. it, and you all have to shoot everything. And so it's like it takes an hour, basically, each drive wow. you film in. So mm -hmm. I had to really plan out. I only had like a couple directions, and then it's into the close-ups. And I had a couple cameras in there and uh, and just, yeah, cleared that mm -hmm. set away. And that was also Katori. I, when she showed it to me cut mm -hmm. together, mm -hmm. I, 
I honestly, I started crying when I saw this scene because I just was so moved. Her mm. inner cutting the dance, I was like, "Whoa, that that was that was done in the edit yeah. room. It was not that way in the script or in my director's cut." Mm-hmm. She showed me what she did and how she took that action and kept cutting back mm-hmm. and forth. I was like, "What?" So I I just was so to me I thought like. I, I gave her all this amazing stuff in the performances mm-hmm. and really Katori creates a show out of that. You know, wow. um, it was so beautiful to see what she was inspired by. Wow. I love that so much. And I just want to thank you, Tamara, for joining us today. Like, of course, I am full. as in satisfied with everything I just appreciate you so much please tell us any upcoming projects you have let the people know where after party coming you know that tv show after party oh my god on star I got to work with Tiffany Haddish which is my favorite like I was like she did an incredible job in that Oh, she's so good. And on this one, I got to do her. I did two episodes. I did her standalone episode. So I got to really work with her. And that was amazing. And then I did the finale. And that was incredible as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, the actors on that show are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I have that coming. I think that comes out in July. Okay. Okay. And any socials? Because you're not anywhere. You're on. You're on Instagram. Anywhere else? No, I just like here and there. I'm not here and there on socials yet. Yeah, I let you guys do that stuff. Okay. I don't really promote myself as much as like Mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful that I get to work with these incredibly talented people, and I'm just like I still follow everybody on it because I love love all their. Yeah, I just, I love all the people that I got to work with on that show. I love that. Yeah, like Brandy is like, yeah, she oh. and I go way back because, you know, we're old, like Los Angeles people. And mm-hmm. while, yeah, I just, yeah, she's insane. I love her. Yeah, she did give, um, when we were promoting, she did yeah. say that she she yeah. loves you. So just to let you know, she oh. did say <laughs> that she loves you. Yes. Thank you. I, I think. Yeah, she was. Yeah, that was incredible. That fight scene with her mom and like, oh my god, yeah. oh my yeah. god, like, yeah. And yeah, so, that church stuff. I mean, that episode mm-hmm. was insane. I was like, oh, oh yeah, sick. yeah. Whenever I rewatch this episode, I'm always like, so much happens. A lot happens. Yeah. yeah. From it's and like you said, like even before you said today, I, every time I watch, I'm like, there's. So, like, these scenes to shoot in an episode of a television show, all of these different elements, and every time I watch it, I was like, I know directing that had to be bonkers. A lot. (laughs) And then I recreated the whole flood thing that's Mm -hmm. the the pilot. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. that didn't exist. Like, that whole art. And I was like, uh, where'd she get all this stuff from? Like, <laughs> and so we took a, like an old stream and we made mm-hmm. a whole um with the suitcase and the whole thing. Yeah, yep. we created that that whole thing. I was like, wow. Oh, wow. Well, before I close this out, I know Ja had one last question for yes. you. Yes. Oh. <laughs> 
Y'all know me. Y'all bear with me. So we were talking about the other scene and we we're talking about the creek. You know, some of this was like, you know, I think this is a great idea. So we've all talked about the ass slap moment. We wanted to... <laughs> I wasn't gonna say nothing. I was like, you know what? I'm glad we moved along, but yeah, I brought it up. So was that kind of like another kind of thing? Like, I think this is where this will go. Was it supposed to be that hard? Like, is it only just that hard to us? Is that the sound effects? Like, because we really have a good time on the timeline with that scene in general. Mm -hmm. But also, mm -hmm. we were like, you know, that was like, wow. That's, that's <laughs> that was a lot. I was like, are you like, and that's also those moments that you're like, do I have to say, like, do I have to cut and be like, are you okay with that? Like, he just did that. Yeah. Oh, so was I, it an like, actual okay. slap? Yeah. Because huh? it kind of looked like Uncle Cliver was like, no, wait. That's what as we always say. Tia would say, like, wait, yeah. a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that just, it doesn't say slap his ass. That just, you know So that I mean? was, I told y'all it was improv. <laughs> you said that. I said it was no way that could be yeah. improv. Yes. I do remember sitting there listening, going, going, oh no. Like, do I, need to, <laughs> do I need to cut and be like, like, are you okay with that? Like, I don't know. Like, cause all those things should be discussed beforehand, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm going to slap you. Mm -hmm. Like nowadays, I think they had it or maybe they didn't, but nowadays, like, cause I've shot intimacies since then you have to, we have intimacy coordinators and I'm right. sure right. I have them on there, but right. that's something that you're discussed with an intimacy coordinator. So he might've said like, I'm going to give you a light slap or something. And I'm sure Katori added to it, but like that, you know, they're, they're in the moment, you know, that has to mm -hmm. feel authentic yeah. and they're acting mm -hmm. and, but they're okay, so in the moment. And it was perfect to be it honest. Was. Like it, it, it just, it's the highlight of the scene for me. It's yeah. The highlight <laughs> is most of the stuff that we point out, the ass slap, the spits, the tearing, like these mm -hmm. are things every time we watch you talk about. So the fact that Nico and Alphonse literally came up with those. That's perfect. Their yeah. chemistry on camera is insane. Insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel like that was when you work on shows, I've done a couple of shows where I've done like in the first episodes, you have an opportunity then to really work with the actors and it all starts to really come together by then. It's like mm -hmm. the first episodes, sorry, the first episodes are really like hard at first, like, mm -hmm. you know, cause they're, um, you know, they're trying to find who their character is and things mm -hmm. like that. And I feel like by the time you get to the third or fourth episode, people have it down a bit more. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank we are you. so happy. Thank you. This Thank you. Was Thank even you better guys. than I can imagine. I know. Watching it last night, everything was so fresh. So I'm going to close this yeah. out. I'm Tia. Many oh, is Max on so Twitter. Much, guys. I appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 So I'm going to close this out. I'm Tia Minius Max <laughs> on Twitter and Tia Down in the Valley on Instagram. Um, make sure that you are looking at our Twitter because that's where everything comes first. But have those notifications on because these episodes are live and you don't want to miss it. Ja, what you got? All right. I am Ja underscore the underscore goddess on Instagram. Ja the goddess, all one word on Twitter. And keep your FBI eyes open. We know you saw the ad earlier. We're doing um, Noah's Ark bonus content. And that pops up roughly around Thursday, Friday-ish. So 
be on the lookout. Tanika? I am at your girl Jiggy on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me over there if you don't already. You can also follow Pink Sunday Radio on Instagram. If you're looking for those bonus episodes that Jai was just talking about, you can find those on pinksundayradio.com. Um, while you're on, that takes you to Apple Podcasts. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, if you can leave us a five-star written review, we would really appreciate it. Um, if you're watching this live right now on YouTube, we would really appreciate if you follow us on subscribe, I think it's called on YouTube and <laughs> turn that notification bell on so you don't yeah. miss any of these lives. Uh, Koji, what do you got to tell them? Um, I'm on IG and Twitter, Koji underscore mama. We're also, well, I was going to say Twitch. Yeah, okay. But we're streaming live on Twitch, but you can also follow us at TikTok. We're going to put new content on there. We do have a website, pinksunday.com. And we just want to thank you guys for coming and we'll be back next week. Pink Sunday Radio.